to Episode 5 of the Legacy Video Lounge. I'm your host, Steve Pender. I'm a personal historian and videobiographer and president of Family Legacy Video Incorporated in Tucson, Arizona. You can visit Family Legacy Video on the web at familylegacyvideo.com. In this segment, you'll hear the rest of my chat with personal historian Kristen Delaplane. And we'll get started right after this. The Toasty Kitchen. Mouth-watering aromas filling the air. Mom's baking made our holidays delicious. Now her grandkids can watch her make her famous gingerbread cookies. Thanks to Family Legacy Video. Now you can share your life stories in a custom legacy video your family will cherish. To learn more, visit FamilyLegacyVideo.com or call 520-743-4090. That's 520-743-4090. FamilyLegacyVideo.com. In Episode 4, you got to meet Kristen Delaplane. Kristen helps people capture their family or company stories through oral history interviews and historical and genealogy research. And these uh, projects often result in a carefully crafted narrative for a, a custom-bound book. In Part 2 of our chat, I asked Kristen to tell me more about her new book, which is entitled Storytelling, How to Write an Inspiring Memoir, Oral History, or family genealogy, and uh, to share a tip or two for those of you who are thinking of writing your own memoirs. So tell me a little bit about the book and how it's going to help people uh, organize and, uh, and put together their personal history. Okay, well, actually, the reason that I started this book was, A, as I mentioned uh, the last time we were together, that I... Um, had a lot of computer files and handouts and from classes and and things that I had done for projects and I wanted to kind of get it all together in one package and putting a book together seemed like the way. So that was one. But the other thing was I wanted to have a book that I could give to potential clients mm, mm -hmm. so that they could actually see what an end product might look like. Mm. And so in my appendix, I have many examples of parts of a book oh, okay. that might be in there. Mm -hmm. um, I show what a family tree can look like mm -hmm. in, in its various forms. Um, I show how I include some historical information about an area that we may be talking about. Mm. Um, so that is part of the book. Um, I always have timelines in projects, whether it be a Q&A or a uh, regular book, mm -hmm. I always have timelines. This in, in this instance, I show a personal timeline. It's not every year of the person's life, but it's the benchmark oh, okay. so, events so, that I mean, happened. Yeah, so we see a table here. Basically, we have the name of the person at the top, and then you've got a column for the, the year, the date, and then approximate age of the person, and then the event. So exactly. it's just a simple table where you list out those things. Exactly so. Yeah. And then I'll have one, if I'm doing the genealogy, mm -hmm. of the family itself, the family line. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they can see it that way too. It's always, genealogy is very hard to present. Mm. And oftentimes people, when they're doing these personal histories, do find that they're involved with some genealogy. Mm. Maybe they're not doing a full research, but they're going to be something that they're going to want to show 
the fam when they're talking about these people or their mm -hmm. grandparents and so forth, where they're going to want to show that. So this is in fact um, showing the family line, mm. and then and again, it's the the three point thing: the the year, mm -hmm. the age, and mm -hmm. who it pertains to, and then. Um, I like these immigration timelines. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yeah. So this is multi-members of the family mm -hmm. at and, the top. And we're showing the date and their age and uh, w w when and where they immigrate, you know, where they immigrated yep. from, where they came in. Correct. That's an, another element that I wanted to show people that they would have. Um, and then when you look at... I know that you're oh, you're okay. more interested in the uh, personal history, but just in case this comes up, there's if you pick up a book that someone's done on genealogy, you you can't even figure it out, quite mm -hmm. frankly. And it's always relating to and in this census and in that census. Mm -hmm. So I don't do that. I write the family story, mm -hmm. and the source documents are always in the appendix. Oh, okay. And they're and they are thoroughly described and mm -hmm. so forth. So that's all how that works. Sure. Now I like people when I'm doing a personal history mm -hmm. to tell me about the items in their home mm. that are have some history or some meaning, sure. or that they will be passing on. Because they all a lot of these items they have stories attached. Exactly. To them, yeah. So in this case, this was my great grandfather's um, chair. Mm -hmm. And my mother had it, and I had just inherited it when she died this last year. Mm -hmm. So now I have a picture of the chair, mm -hmm. and underneath I have the complete description mm -hmm. of the item mm -hmm. and who it's going to be designated to. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's going to be given to a historical society in Texas because I don't have any children. Mm -hmm. And my siblings don't, so there's nobody to leave it to. Sure, sure. So, but I've made very clear, you know, how tall it is, what it's made out of, mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, so I like people to do that when I'm interviewing them, yeah, to yeah. include that. And they've all been very thankful that that's mm. been a part of the process. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. That, you know, it just the thought came to mind, too. I know we're talking about print, but if you're doing some kind of a digital book, it would be very interesting, too. That that could be links to those things, you know. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's yeah, there's ways that you could do that. Mm. Um, obviously, we're all concerned about the photos. Mm. Um, so when I go through the photos, I do it in this table form, mm -hmm. and I have that not always in the book, but I have that for the client mm -hmm. so that the pictures are identified. So I've put this in a word table mm -hmm. because otherwise the, fo the photo flops all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And then underneath I have who it is mm -hmm. and I say what I know about that photo, where mm -hmm. it was taken, anything that I, in this case I didn't know a lot, but I also give the computer file name mm -hmm. so that the client has that as well. Mm. And again, that's that's what I wanted to show. Um, and these are all the fi files that I would have for a project. Yeah, so we have, uh, this is one of these. This is like a computer, this is what my computer files are. I gotcha. So it's a naming system for folders. So it's, it's a lot about, 
organization, right? I mean, isn't that isn't that a key? It's a key. key. You know, when I when I uh, uh, teach my you know, workshops or on the webinars, or, you know, when I talk to people who want to do it themselves, I mean, one of the key things I, I tell them is you've got to be organized. You know, organization is such a key to success in a project each step along the way, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And you better and you you're better off having come some kind of a system mm. that you stick to all the time. Right, and at least like, you understand. Yeah. Well, and like naming files. When, mm. I, I, when I'm working with someone and we're trading files back and mm -hmm. forth, there is a system for naming those files. Mm. And we stick to that so, so that if somebody, an editor sends me back something the same day, it's indicating that you know I have the date and the time mm -hmm. as part of the file name. Right, right. So especially if you get into revisions and changes exactly. to files, you exactly. want to be able to track that. So yeah. I have a system for naming all files mm -hmm. across the board. Um, yeah, very important. I always have a, um, you know, I have my folders here, but I always have a file box on the floor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I always have, you know, that's always full of mm -hmm. stuff too, because then you're going to get a journal from them mm -hmm. you, that you have to scan down the line, and so that's yeah. all organized. And, as and your well. book kind of gives gives people uh, uh, guidance on on how to organize like that. And, yes, and the file yes. creation. The, and this the is referring to a whole chapter. Mm -hmm. I said in the chapter, go oh, back to gotcha. see this. Gotcha. So, um, and then I show them how to, how a proper transcript should look. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's, it's all laid out there very clearly as to if you're, if you're doing this yourself, how things should look. And, right, and yeah, then this is yeah. an example of a memoir that's been written as a narrative. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly, if anybody is going to ever write things as a narrative, mm. um, and this is actually kind of new to me. So um, when I was doing the book, I did the book, and I said, Perfect. It's mm -hmm. done. It's perfect. <laughs> and so then I sent it off to this developmental editor that I got whiff of. <laughs> I and found, they said, you're not done quite yet, and I, and I And I sent it to him. I mean, he's a big deal. Mm -hmm. He's done Clive Cussler. Mm -hmm. he's, he did Shirley MacLaine. Mm -hmm. He's a big deal guy who's had a lot of hits on Broadway, if you will, on, you know, New York Times bestseller. So I sent him my little book, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. And he made a couple of comments. Now, it wasn't a gut job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, that's quite a, not quite a gut job. <laughs> but it was a changes. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and he sent me this one kind of thing, no charge. Mm -hmm. And he said, but going forward, mm -hmm. if we continue to talk, you yeah, know, you're on yeah. the clock. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, hell, this is, I, I'm putting my, all my eggs in this basket because this was an important publication. I said, fine, mm -hmm. you're on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I want to tell you that he, there was one thing that he taught me that I thought was so good and probably would work in video as mm -hmm. well. And I certainly used it in this book that I also just published, because why not publish two books at sure, once? I mean, this one is called First, okay, this is called First to Die, First to Die. Okay. and it's the tragic loss of the SS Vestris. Oh, okay. And the story of this shipwreck 
1922 mm -hmm. came across my bow ah. through some family history that mm -hmm. I did at one point, and I thought, ooh, I want to do this as a book. This book was over four years of wow. research. Sometimes, for some reason, those kinds of disasters are so compelling. You know, it's I mean, just I was, sad. I was a big Titanic. What was so interesting? You know, when I was a kid. What was so interesting was yeah. I was in the middle of this book. It's 2013, and I'm in the middle of this book, which I published in 2015. And across the internet comes a book about this disaster. Ah. Somebody oh, no. wrote a book about the disaster. Mm -hmm. of, he's a reporter in the in the valley of mm -hmm. California, the San Joaquin Valley. I went. Uh, I went. Oh, we're messed up. But actually, you never are because yeah. everybody's you know, got their own now more interesting. But I thought, tape. Jesus, yeah. this this particular tragedy has never really been surfaced. No, I haven't and heard of And all of the yeah. sudden, it's like two books are coming out mm. about it. And I thought, Jesus, souls from that disaster are saying, now we want to be heard. This mm. is our time. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting, to say the least. Neat, neat. Yeah, but it was, that was fine. So... Um, and both of these books are available through Amazon? Through and, Amazon, yes. Okay. They're, both, they're both on the self-published road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which actually is fine with me. So what I wanted to tell you was mm -hmm. the begin. I want to give you the first sentence in this. Okay? okay. So this is chapter one. Second steward Alfred Duncan looked his captain in the eye and yelled, You better jump, sir. Hell no, replied Captain William Carey. You jump. The captain, looking worn and haggard, was standing on the bridge of his sinking ship wearing his heavy sea coat and no life belt. He muttered, My God, my God, I am not to blame for this. As the water rose around him, he yelled to second officer Leslie Watson, Jump, Watson! But there wasn't time. The SS Vestra sank beneath the waves before any of them could make a move. Of these three, only Duncan and Watson, both wearing life belts, would live to tell the tale. True to his calling, Captain William John Carey went down with his ship. Mm. Now, what this is, is that you have a dramatic opening. Mm. It can be at the end of your story. It can be in the middle of your story, a trance, mm -hmm. you know, a particular point. But rather than going chronologically... If you have that big opening that grabs mm -hmm. the person, sure. then you write the backstory. Mm -hmm. So after, you know, we say that this dramatic opening, which surely it is, going down with your ship, mm -hmm. can't be easy. We go, when she was built in 1912, the Vestris was classed 100A1. Mm. So now we're writing the backstory. Right. And you want to hook the viewer with some you drama. You want to hook them. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Or hook the reader, I see. And yeah. so a lot of people think when they're going to do their life story, i.e. do it yourself, which is what this is about, but maybe it applies as well to when you're approaching someone about a project. Mm. It seems overwhelming. I mean, you're talking a life story mm. from the, you know, the beginning on forward. So most people approach it chronologically. Mm. Now what I tell my people in my class, first of all, make it like little vignettes. Mm. Write 
you know, that you like this story, you remember this one, write about that one. And you can worry about how it goes together at the end. Sure, sure. But write your stories now. Tell your stories now. Mm -hmm. And that seems to get people going. They love the timeline. And in my classes, mm -hmm. my clients, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but they love the... Um, they love the, the telling the story, you know, tell this story, tell this story, tell mm -hmm. this story, rather than approaching it chronologically because yeah. it is very awesome to think about that. Mm -hmm. for, now, for some people, it works. There's, you know, it's not across the board that it doesn't, but this other idea works very well. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that if you're um, interviewing people, if you're able to get them to fill out, you know, a, even if they don't do the timeline, if they could do, I'd like to tell the story about this, I'd like to tell the story about that. You talk to the children, they want this story, this story, this story. You can kind of broach it like that. Mm. Get them comfortable anyway, and then go back. Well, that's great. Those are some, those are some great tips. And, I, and, I, and for those folks that... Uh, have you ever done a hybrid project? Like, like, let's say somebody wants to write some of it, but uh, you know they're, they're really not comfortable with some of those narrative things. So, I mean, have you ever had, uh, have you ever done pieces of it like that for somebody or is it just them, all them or all well, you? Well, the only one that I can think of that I have done a mm -hmm. little bit like that was um, a woman, uh, uh, her father had written his life history mm -hmm. and it was all in Chinese character. Oh, gee. <laughs> so she wanted to sit down with me and translate it. Mm -hmm. And in Chinese, um, which I've learned, there are many different languages, I guess you could say, Mandarin. And, mm -hmm. and there's a, a, a dictionary called a Pinyin Dictionary that apparently is kind of universal. Bring that into the translation. Oh, okay. But she didn't know that. Mm. So that was a long process. Mm, but yeah. it was a fabulous, fabulous outcome. Because as she was reading her father's story, she would say, oh, I remember. Mm. And then she would tell a little story that fit into it. So the end result was him t telling his story and then in a different font to set it apart, we had her stories interweaving with this. No, that's very neat. That's very it was neat. very cool. Yeah. 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 Neat. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Any other... Uh, so we, we've... Uh, give me one tip. Leave us with one tip before we... One uh, important that, that, tip? One important tip. Well, I, I, again, the, the important tip is how to prompt a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's everything because if you, I take the list, okay, I'm going off to do an interview. I have a checklist, equipment checklist. Um, that includes, you know, your business cards, your, your pencil and paper, your, I mean, everything is written down on that checklist because I have forgotten things. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> so I have that checklist. I just do not leave the house without going through that. But the other thing I take is I do take that list of how to ask a question mm -hmm. uh, 
because as I'm sitting there knowing, and I'll have my list of topics that I want to cover, um, and I have topics mm -hmm. rather than questions, then I look at this little list of tell me about, mm. describe, I'd be interested in hearing, I'm curious, educate me about, walk me through. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, th this is, I would consider my paramount thing to have with me right, because prompts. I do not yeah. always remember how I want to say it. And I don't want to say it the same way every mm. time. Mm -hmm. God forbid I should be boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that oh, would good. be my, my tip. Good. All right. Well, uh, so, uh, uh, Kristen Delaplane, I want to thank you very much for, for kind of joining me in the Legacy Video Lounge uh, again today. And, and uh, we'll have links to these books on, along with the, the podcast uh, with the notes. But again, the books are Storytelling, How to Write an Inspiring Memoir, Oral History, or Family Genealogy for those do-it-yourselfers out there that want some guidance. And this book that sounds really interesting to me, too, I, I'll have to check this one out. First to Die, it's all about the tragic loss of the SS Vestris. So. And, and let me leave with one thing, if I may, because sure. I did say in the, our last meeting mm -hmm. how my father had regaled me with our, my family history. Mm -hmm. And just a little note to Pop, because mm -hmm. I'm doing this primarily because he gave me that gene, if you will. Um, he was a, chronic, a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle for many years, but he also won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, and, this, and his name? Stanton Delaplane. Stanton Delaplane. Yeah. So, um, so hi to Stan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kristen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again for having me. That's it for this segment of the Legacy Video Lounge. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to me at steve at familylegacyvideo.com. And, of course, if you like the podcast, I invite you to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Steve Pender reminding you that everyone has a story. Isn't it time you told yours? Yeah.